back to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. So today I have my friend Tamika here. Most of you know her. Uh, she is the one who helps me with my social media, her and my sister-in-law, Beth. And so she's a great help and I just am excited to have her here today. So I know that she had posted on social media about kind of everybody sending out their prayers and good vibes because I was struggling for a minute. You know, I'm just going to kind of explain the whole situation that happened and what kind of re-triggered me and put me down the spiral. So in May, I found out my old stepdad was arrested for child pornography. Um, a couple of Mondays ago, a detective called me and told me that not only was my stepdad arrested for child pornography, my old stepdad, excuse me, for child pornography, but he also said that he had every single picture he had, he had printed my face and cut it out and put it on each picture. He also said that there was well over 200 pictures, which kind of blows my mind because I don't know where he got 200 pictures from. Um, I don't know if they're different. I don't know if they're up close yet. I haven't gotten the full details of everything yet, and I can't really go into too much detail just because it's an active investigation. Um, and also, I have to go to court and testify and kind of do the whole thing all over again. So yeah, so that's why Tamika's here today. We're just gonna kind of talk about what happened and just kind of the re-triggers of things like that that happened and kind of put us back in that dark place, so. Yeah, I, I just remember when you texted me when that happened and I just like, my heart dropped. Like I was like, this is not happening yeah. again. Like this is insane, I cannot even imagine what you were feeling so explain to everyone like what were your first thoughts and like feelings and like where where were you where were you at like headspace wise once you like got that phone call and heard those words so i was actually at work and that was really hard because you know being kind of in that environment was just different and stressful because it was with people that I'm not like mm -hmm. fully comfortable yeah. with. Like fully express. Right. And mm -hmm. at that point though, I couldn't really hide it. So when he called, I was in my office with two of my coworkers and we had just like been all joking around and having a good day. And then I get that phone call. And as soon as I heard, you know, this is detective so-and-so, I automatically was like, oh crap, what's what's going on? What did he do? Maybe they're going to ask me questions, whatever. Like I knew it had something to do with him because, you know, I don't know who else it would be. So yeah, he just kind of started off the conversation by saying, you know, I don't really know how to tell you this. And again, that was just kind of made my stomach also sink because I was like, okay, how bad is this? So when he told me, you know, that he had found the pictures and with my face cut out on every single picture, I instantly, first of all, my coworkers were sitting there and said that I went white, that I just like blacked out. And honestly, I think I did kind of black out for a minute because I don't remember exactly what I said back to him. Mm -hmm. um, I think I kind of just froze and I was like, wait, what? And then he explained it again, told me a little bit more details about it and kind of the process and what's going to happen next and this and that. And honestly, it was all gibberish at that point. I was fully like you know when something happens and like that anxiety you feel yourself like shaking like from the inside right. and that's what happened like I legit was like I'm shaking now just talking about it like my voice and stuff mm -hmm. 
But, like, when I first heard it, it was literally, like, my insides, like, my stomach, everything was just, like, what the fudge, you know? So, that was just really a lot. So, it took me a second. I called my mom. No, I'm sorry. I think I called Nick first, my husband, and told him the situation. Then I tried calling my mom. My mom didn't answer. So, then I called, I ended up calling my brother, Anthony, and he answered, and I told him. And at that point, I kind of remember, like, crying and just being like I don't even know how to tell you what I just heard blah 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 and just kind of it came out Mm -hmm. and I just remember he was like okay you need to come home and I was like I can't I'm at work oh and mind you um I had just had a migraine and I had posted about it that I had had a migraine that night before like excruciating migraine like I was puking and everything Mm -hmm. so I had missed work the day before already and with my work you have to have like PTO to miss and so anyway it was just a stressful situation and so I was kind of like, I can't, I can't leave. And, you know, of course he was like, you know, you can't be there right now and work. No, and there was no way. Like I was all over the place. Yes, yeah. And then I also called my aunt. My aunt is like my, so this is my mom's sister. And she's like my other mom. Like yeah. she's my other go-to person. And, you know, I go to her for almost everything, especially when my mom's not available. Mm-hmm. So I call her and she, you know, just reacted. was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so sorry. What do you need? And again, it was all, and I don't even know why I was calling her, because I don't really know what, like, I needed. It was more just, like, comfort. comfort. Yeah, like, I didn't really know what was happening. So, at that point, I didn't really think about anything. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, my mind was in many different, like, areas and all over the place, and it was, it was kind of just a weird situation. Of course, I was thinking, like, wait, has he been following me this whole time? Yeah. You know, and here's the thing, is about... Three years, well, maybe about two and a half years ago, I started thinking that he was stalking me. Mm. I started getting phone calls, and I would just hear breathing. I would see him in different places. And again, here's the thing, the reason I never really reacted, I almost thought it was my PTSD. Mm. I was like, okay, Desi, you're imagining. You're imagining stuff. Yeah, like I many times, even Nick, because he's seen pictures of him so many times, well, we'll be at the store. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is that him? And he'll think it's him. And then we have to like double take and see. But a couple times, like I'm like, oh, I think I saw him. Like I'm pretty sure I did. But again, I just kind of brushed it off. I remember before my dad moved, having him come over and my stepmom and telling him, I think he's, he's calling me and stalking me. I told a couple people and everyone just kind of, and I don't blame anybody for it, but everyone brushed it off. Well, they probably just didn't want to like, be like, oh my gosh, like, be into it because right. they didn't want you to, like... And I think they really did just think it was yeah. my PTSD, just thought I was right. just being crazy and imagining it. And not because they were trying to, like, not validate what I'm saying, but I think they just had no idea that it would be real. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, nobody really thinks that this is really going to happen. And there's no way that this is, like... No. Like, nobody's that psycho. Like, yeah. I always knew he was crazy, obviously, and had issues, but I did not think it was going to ever be this level. Yeah. Like, it's been 15 years since he's been able to do anything to me, and he's still obsessed. Like, this isn't just a little obsession. This is a full-on obsession. Um, It was on his phone, his computer, his apartment, his um, screensaver. The detective, the cops, asked him who I was, and I, I don't remember exactly the words he said, but basically he said, like, oh... I'm either said I'm his girlfriend or I'm dating her or something like that. Cause they probably didn't want them to be like, um, this guy's crazy. Right. Like, yeah. So and so he said that when he saw all the pictures, 
that he was like, okay, who is this person that he's putting on every single picture? And so he said, he was like, I'm going to look up his original victim because they can see like their, you know, obviously their first offenses and stuff. So he saw that he'd already been convicted and looked me up, looked me up on Facebook and saw my profile picture. And it was like, that's her. That's the person. So that's when they decided to call me. So I remember I got in my car. I tried calling my bosses again, of course. When, I, when you need people, everybody's busy. No, nobody's answering. Everyone's in meetings. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. yeah, my partner, he's just like, go home. I'll send him an email. Like, just don't worry about it. So I drove home. And honestly, on the whole way home, first of all, I don't even know how I got home. Like, I drove and I just was so oh, out of it. Yeah. It was just, luckily, it's just, the whole um, world. yeah. And luckily, it's just routine that I, you know, I made it home. So, yeah, I came home. And this was really cool. You know, I got here and my sister-in-law Beth was here because she had been watching my kids. She missed school. She didn't go to school that day. She didn't want to stay. Next thing you know, Anthony's here, my brother. Then next thing I know, my other brother's here. My dad and then my sister showed up and eventually my stepmom. So it was just a, everybody showed up. And then later on that day, my cousin ended up showing up. Yeah. And so it was really cool. I mean, it was it was overwhelming because I was like, whoa, this is a lot so of trying, to, deal with trying to process it. But it was so nice to like have my family here and support. Uh, my mom actually ended up coming over too. I forgot, but yes, yeah, she came too. So I had you know my whole this my whole living room that we're sitting in right now was full of my family, and we were all just kind of trying to process everything, yeah. going in detail, talking about it, trying to figure out what happened, like. Why did he do this? Why is he doing this? And again, I don't know why I try to do that because I do that often. So you know you never understand. Right. I'm not, you can't understand someone who's that psychotic. No. Like, you just can't. And the funny thing is, is later on as I talked to my family, we were all kind of joking around at that point. And my, was my sister-in-law? Somebody was like, shit, this would be a really good Lifetime movie. <laughs> I'm like, I would need a Lifetime series. It's just, it's something that you only see in Lifetime movies. Like, this, is this isn't real. real. Yeah, this like, people real. don't really do this and don't have basically shrines of people that they, no. you know, abused 15 years ago. Like, it's just not, it's not real. And yet, it is. And it's my life. And here's the thing is, like, my entire life, I feel like it's always, there's always something. And that's how it's always been. It's one thing after another if it's not something it's something else you know and it gets it, it gets really old sometimes and when I was driving home that is one thing I do remember is I remember like praying and just being like what I don't understand your, your purpose yeah. in this anymore this like I'm already following what I feel like God wants me to do with my podcast and do the stuff to get you know help people oh, and to get my story out there but why does there need to be a sequel? You know what I mean? Why does this have to continue? Why is that? Why is this not ending? Like, why won't he leave me alone? And that's kind of where I was at for a minute. And after I found this out, I was in a dark place for, for about a week. It was really rough. Um, at least four days. The first, like I said, my first initial thoughts were like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't do this again. Yeah. Like, is this even my, my real life? Like, I can't. I fought two freaking hard and long to be where I am right now right. to let him come and do this again exactly and that's where I can't help but kind of let it pull me in that dark place mm-hmm. and yeah that's where that's when everything happened and it was just it was a lot and I think those were my first thoughts were just what the hell yeah, and why yeah. yeah this is not real life exactly yeah so how what was your husband's reaction to 
Honestly, it's funny because I told him later on that he didn't react the way I thought he was going to. Yeah. And not in a bad way. He was just a lot calmer than I expected. He probably maybe needed to be that. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't want to, like, be that, like, anxious and then set you off to be super anxious. Exactly. Because, I mean, now we talk about it, he gets all fired up and pissed off. Oh, I'm sure. And hates the guy. Yeah. But at first, he was like, wait, what? And I told him again. He was like, okay, babe, calm down. Like, why don't you just come home? Did that kind of thing. Um, also, when I did bring it up to him about his reaction, he was like, honestly, one, he's like, I was trying to stay calm for you. And two, he said, I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. He's like, we felt that he was doing this for so this whole time. And now it's just validated. Right. He's like, but it wasn't a surprising thing. So I could I didn't really react with a surprising reaction. You know what I mean? Just like, oh. Yeah. Which, it was weird to me because everybody else, though, that I've talked to was like, what, what? Like, what? Like, nobody knows what to say. Like, everybody I've told, which, you know, I've only told, like, a group of my people because it's something you don't really want to announce. It's not something you talk about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am talking about it on, you know, whatever (laughs) the whole world can hear. But at least at the moment, like, I just told kind of, like, just my circle. But I needed to tell my circle because, especially with what I'm doing, like you and Beth and, you know, my family and my best friend. Like, I needed to tell those people because this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what was such a bummer, too, was here I am doing this mm-hmm. and putting my life out there and ex- telling my story, which is already really hard for me because if you knew me, you know, you knew me before, nobody knew my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever talk about my story. None of my friends that I just met, I mean, my best friend since, you know, fourth grade knew because she's always known. But, like, people I meet, like, now, I don't tell my story to because they just don't. And whenever I have, everybody's like, I would never guess because it's just not something I – I try not to carry it around, you know? And, again, I've just worked too hard to not be in that place anymore. Right. So, yeah, that was really – just really rough to kind of be back there again. And But, yeah, Nick's reaction was just calm, but yet – when I got home and he kind of and he gave me a hug and he just like told me everything was gonna be okay, it did kind of just give me that comfort of like what you needed, what I needed of knowing that like I know because when you go back in that space again, you think you feel revictimized. Yeah. And it was nice to kind of have my family here and everyone hug me and tell me it's gonna be okay, including my husband, who yeah, at the end of the day, my family's there for me, but it's me and my husband. Like, yeah. that's the ones who, that, it's just me and him that are going to be, if he comes knocking on our door one day, that's who yeah. we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. And it was interesting for both of us. It took a couple days for us both to kind of even process, fully process. What's going on or... Yeah. And I think, like I said, I just got in that really dark place and first two days I didn't get out of bed. I literally, that night, like after everybody left, I went and laid down and didn't just up. didn't get up. Next day I tried, we went and... What did we do? We went and took my kids to get something. or Oh, I'm sorry. I think we took my daughter to dance. Something like that. Something small. And we were going to go to dinner or something after in the store. And I just looked at it and was like, I can't. I can't be like out in yeah. like the world. Like I just can't do it. I need yeah. to go home. And sometimes I can't help but feel guilty for that. Right. Especially because the thing is everyone's reaction is don't let him do this to you. Don't let him put just you back in that going, Just keep, keep going. Keep your daily. Yeah. Life. And I get it. Like, I get saying that because it's, but it's so much easier said than done. And I know that's so cliche, but it is. Like, you know, that's what my family's 
word was telling me that entire time was like, don't let it get you down. Don't let it bring you back into that dark place. And again, I was trying not to, but in that moment of like that hopelessness that I felt, yeah. And that's kind of where I got to. That's why I kind of just like turned my phone off and just kind of like stopped answering people's messages for a minute. And I was like, you know what? I just can't hear people's advice and tell me how to get through this right now because nobody has any idea what it feels like. I mean, people do, but it's not common for for anybody else, especially in my family who hasn't been through this, Mm -hmm. to know exactly what I'm feeling about having to re-go through this again. And I don't think you can ever tell someone how to deal with such a, like, earth, life-shaking situation like that. I feel like you've already been through this. You, I mean, obviously when it was happening, you were alone in it. Right. So now you do have your family support, and so of course they don't... No one wants him to win because I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, the situation happened and it's like, why? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that enemy is just still trying to like defeat you and your purpose. You've helped so many people already with the podcast. So it's like, right. no, we don't want him to win. We don't want him to think like, oh, you can do this to me and right. send me into this whirlwind of like no turning back. Again. Yeah. Well, I but think, you still have to like deal with it the way you need to deal with it, and I think yeah, even if that means you not getting out of bed for a few days and yeah, like you have to fill it, yeah. and that's what ended up happening. So, like I said, I was in bed that Monday and Tuesday, and then by Tuesday night I had a hair appointment with my sister in law Beth, mm-hmm. and I it was up in pretty far from here, about forty five minutes, and I went got my hair done, just kept going, and we we had fun, we talked, we laughed, whatever. Coming home. I don't know. It was like midnight at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's a long drive. And I was just like thinking all of a sudden. And again, like the reason I didn't bring this up is because like you said, the enemy part mm-hmm. of it, I feel like was so much there and it's been there since this whole thing started. Yeah. One, because he's, I feel like the enemy's trying to sabotage and whether it's the enemy or the negative energy or whatever it is that people believe in. For me, I believe it was the enemy yeah. and I believe that he's trying to sabotage what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And here we are doing this event and, you know, next week and doing all this stuff. And my podcast is growing and people are hearing it. I have people from all, all across the country. A girl contacted me from to Austin, Texas, from New York, from all these places. So it's not just a small community yeah. anymore. It's growing. And he hates that. That's the last thing he wants to see. Right. Anyone else finding happiness exactly having any type of victory from this such dark place and so this is hard for me to admit but I got in that really dark place for a minute so I was driving home and I all of a sudden just started bawling like mind you I cried a little bit when I first heard like when I was telling my family what happened but like crying like in panic not like crying about it, you know what I mean? It. More of yeah. just like crying because it's like, whoa, this, I just heard this news and I don't really know how to deal with it. Right. But I didn't process it. And so I was honestly, I was numbing myself because yeah. I was like, I can't feel this right now. And I have so much going on with this event and everything going on. I work a full-time job as a crisis worker. I do nails on the side. I have two little kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm busy and I'm like, I don't have time to like feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard for me. So when I was driving home, I just started bawling and this overwhelming feeling of hopelessness Mm -hmm. just hit me and for about 30 seconds to a minute I'd say which felt like an eternity but for that short amount of time 
I was like, I'm going to crash my car. Like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't go through this again. I can't be back in that dark place. Yeah. I, I'm scared. I don't want to disassociate again. I don't want to go through the flashbacks again. Right. I don't want to do all this shit again. Like, I can't. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really interesting, humbling moment because I was just crying. And then at that point, I was pissed. And I was like out loud praying and I was just like what in the hell is your purpose in this again like I don't get what you're doing why are you trying to stop me from doing everything you wanted me to do in the first place Mm -hmm. and that's my first thought to to God is like I don't get it I don't get why you would let me go this far and then make me take 10 steps back Mm -hmm. and then I pulled in my garage and I text my husband and I said I need you to come downstairs and he came down. I was sitting in my car. And it's funny because he's so cute. He, like, comes out with a big old smile on his face. Like, hey, babe. And I'm in the car. He's, yeah. He's no idea this is happening. I'm in the car sobbing. And I just see him, like, go blank. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? And he came over and he just, and I just, like, fell in his arms, literally. And, again, it sounds super dramatic, but, like, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I literally just, like, fell to his arms and, like, couldn't even hold myself up. And I just started bawling. And I just told him. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm done. I don't want to be, I can't live anymore. I just want to die. I was like, I, I don't want to do this ever again. And he got choked up and it was just a really like moment with, with both of us of just like, he just held me while I cried for about, I don't even know how long for a just minute. Yeah. And just let me feel it. And I was just like needed to be in that moment mm-hmm. and I needed to be mad and I needed to be pissed and I needed to be angry and right. cry, you know? And so we ended up calling my mom for some reason. I was like, I want to call my mom. It's like one o'clock in the morning at this point. So I call my mom, my poor mother, freak her out in the middle of the night, wake, wake her up. We end up FaceTiming and she, you know, was talking to me and she's like, you know, I don't even honestly remember what she said, but she was like, he can't hurt you anymore, you know? And that's, that's the thing is he can't physically hurt me anymore and he can mentally mess with my head but I have to decide how bad and that's where it comes in but then with the whole like hopeless thing and being angry and asking God why at that point later on I realized this is where the whole willpower comes in that God gives us he chose to do this again he chose to he has chosen to not recover right and this is just another part of my story. Mm-hmm. This is just, a, like I said earlier, the sequel. And I'm going to fight it and get through it just like I did the first half exactly. of my story. But does it make you're it any easier? You're stronger now than you were before. Right. You have that, you know that you mindset. can do it. Yeah, you know yeah. that you can make it through and you've done it before. And now you have even more support than you did when you were going through it. So it's right. like even... Now you're stronger, but like you said, it's still hard. But yeah, that does it make it any easier to be like, oh, well, you've already been through this, so it should be a, a oh, piece of cake. Yeah. You got, you already know how to do this. No, it's not that simple. Like this has sucked. This has been a rough few weeks, mm-hmm. and you know, I pulled myself out. I think after I cried it out like that, I felt a million times better. Oh, yeah. You know, the next day I went out, started like getting better. I've been going to the gym, like just trying to do things for me. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. I think why it hit me so hard is I'm trying to do all this stuff to help other people, but I'm also have to be careful not to lose 
helping myself. Oh yeah, because and that's easy, right? And that's where it's hard. And I've been so busy. Like everyone's been telling me, like you need to slow down. Like I, that's just how I am. I go, go, go. Again, I work, you know, thirty hours a week. I don't get home till till midnight Mm -hmm. on Monday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesdays. Then the rest of the week, I swamp myself with nail clients. And then I am working on the podcast, trying to fit this in, and you know, doing all this stuff and. I'm not taking that moment to breathe and like mm-hmm. soak everything in. And so, yeah, I did that that week and I, you know, I took my kids swimming and we took some time together and it was, it was nice, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it yeah. still sucks. Yeah. It's you still know? not easy. And I, I mean, I think we can all just like, just hearing, like not even knowing or being here to like feel like, see how you're dealing with it. Like just imagining like right. what you could be going through or thinking is Already it's a weird feeling, and the thing is, I can't even verbalize it. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's like been in my head, it. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. So with that happening, did you get scared that uh, you said like disassociating again, and like, did you feel like you were gonna get back into that victim mentality and not be able to get out of it? Did you have that? Yeah. Honestly, I the day that I was driving home from my hair place. That was my second thought was, I'm going to go drive, drive myself to the hospital. Like, I'm going to go check myself in. And that was scary, too, because that's my worry. And I even told, I mean, I even talked to my bosses about this. Because I'm like, that's my worry is that it's going to hit me and I'm not going to be able to pull myself out of it. And it's going to hit me really hard. I haven't had any flashbacks. I mean, I've had memories kind of like flashbacks in my head but I haven't disassociated anything like that um I've had some really weird nightmares not even necessarily about what about my past more of just like my mind trying to comprehend things like I had a dream about a shooting that he was there but like it was a mass shooting just weird things like that my mind is just trying to like comprehend what happened so yeah I mean also with my depression just because my depression so easily hangs on a thread Mm-hmm. that's been hard and, and I'm not going to lie I can't say that I you know am struggling with it but I'm fighting it like really bad like I make myself get up and go to the gym and which be out in life yeah. which is good right but like trust me yesterday I came home fell asleep and I did not want to get up like I, did, I was just done like I just was like I'm too tired right now and I forced myself literally with everything I could to get up and, and go to the gym and do things and that I think ended up helping in the long run and I was glad I did that but yeah I think whenever anything triggers you whether it's big like this or even small even when just you, thinking he might be stalking right, you knowing exactly with that when you have PTSD anything like that you automatically I think go to that place mm-hmm. and you think oh my gosh here I go here it goes it's gonna it's all going downhill here you know and so yeah it it definitely came in my head but I have two kids to take care of and too much stuff to do like and I know that and so that helps me to kind of also pull myself out of it yeah you know that motivation or yeah you know that there's things that need to be taken care of and being able to right and right now and I'm not trying to put this pressure on myself but right now with the my podcast the movement I'm trying to make and you know, I want to go around and tell my story. I can't do that if I'm not, if I can't mm-hmm. be healthy myself. And so I can't let him win in that aspect. Like, take everything I've worked for and I'm going towards and let it take me 10 steps back and start over again. Well, and I love that you're practicing what you're preaching. You're practicing right. 
the recovery because that's really like your main goal for the podcast I remember you're just like I want people to know that you can get through it like, right although like it seems life shattering and like you're never going to turn back it's possible so. right and not just get through it and live day by day barely hanging on like you can get through it and live a good normal life yeah, exactly. and yeah you have this past but like I've said it before I almost look at it as like somebody I knew before Mm-hmm. Not necessarily myself, right. but then when things like this happen, I'm like, holy shit! Like no, it is me. It. Like it's yeah. this is my life. This is me who he's stalking. This is me who he's taking my face and putting it on pictures of children. Yeah, you know, for him, his own selfish needs. And that I think was the other thing that was really messing with my head was like he put me and associated me with this situation, yeah, and that was mm-hmm. pretty effed up. That's the part that I think got me really having those twisted thoughts of what in the hell is happening right. you know uh, who are these kids who are these kids that he's, that this is happening to and why am I and I'm being associated with that are you bringing that into right yeah. and that that's that's been hard that's where I have to really be careful not to go in that place too much because then that can be a, a empty hole that you'll oh, just yeah. keep sinking into yeah. you know um, did you ever like even for a split second have fear that like oh my gosh it's this podcast like he probably is listening to it or he listened to it and this is like throwing him back into it and maybe like that's why he's doing what he's doing and there's this shrine like did you ever for a moment think like I can't do this podcast anymore like yeah um so it's funny because I really didn't think about it at first but my I think it was my dad said something the day that it, we got the call when we were sitting here and he said I think what if he listened to your podcast and it basically got him off on some way? Like to him, it's like praising him. Mm. Do you get what I mean? It's like well, like psych- like serial killers, right? Like, they get these names. They love when you talk about loving them. the fame. Yes, they like, want the fame. They love to, you to, even oh, if they're talking yeah. about me. Look how famous I am. This and that. And he's that sick in his head Probably. that maybe. But I mean, I don't think he's heard it just because. I mean, he just got out of prison a couple years ago has been there he doesn't I mean he's still learning what technology the new technology is I'm yeah. sure but but I don't know maybe he's smarter than I think he is I, never know. I mean who knows but maybe he is listening to it and if he is you know what listen all you want because yeah. I mean if this is what's getting you by in your life in that cell then that's your own business like yeah. but you well, can't I feel like that one person that's I mean him being who he is and whatever he would get out of the podcast like that one person as opposed to like all of these people around the world that you're actually right. helping that are victims that have been through things like this post-traumatic stress right. disorder, like all of that like it's worth it and if he's hearing it and like I said whatever he's getting out of it the fact is is that he's sick and he needs help and mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm gonna let it tell him like you don't you can't do this to me anymore like I'm not gonna let you hurt me anymore I'm not gonna let you take any more of my life than you already have mm-hmm. so go ahead listen all you want have some type of imaginary life that you think that you have yep but in the reality you're stuck in this little cell and you're gonna probably be in there for the rest of your life while I'm out here living my life that you couldn't take from me yeah but yeah I mean it was really scary to have those thoughts you know what I mean and the whole thing with the podcast is like I didn't necessarily think about stopping it for a second I kind of was like, wait, was this maybe the right choice? Fault, maybe. Yeah, did I bring this to myself? And I actually had a friend who even 
kind of said that. And I don't think she meant it in a rude way, but she was like, do you think putting that out there into the world and that energy made it come to you? Come back around. And I was like, first of all, no, because one, he's already been doing this based on what the detectives have said. It's been happening for a while since he got out. My podcast launched in March. Yeah. Like, it's not like no this way. has been happening for the whole time. He's been sick this whole time. Maybe it made it a little bit more intense. Right. You know what I mean? I don't feel like, like he just randomly was like, here's the podcast. Like, I'm obsessed with your Right. Let me like, go take a million hundred pictures. No, I think this has been happening for a while. And originally, my, I mean, this, my calls were happening for already two years. True. That's been happening. And so it's been hap- happening for a while that he's been doing this. At least two years that I can for sure guarantee that I know when things started. Right. So, no, I don't think that that's the case. But, and you know, when my, when that, when my friend said that to me, it kind of hurt because I'm like, you know what? It's not putting it out into the universe because I'm raising him no I'm doing the complete opposite and saying I'm the piece of shit he is and so however else anybody wants to take it that's their thing I'm doing this to help other people right not to you know basically brag about my story like that's not that's that's not my energy that you're putting out is that you want to you want to be there for someone right else. and you want someone else to have courage to do this exactly and heal and get through it that so. i want to give out the survival the survivor warrior energy exactly. not the victim mentality mm-hmm. and i personally feel like not saying anything about it and just kind of staying in my little dark hole keeping it to myself and not talking about it is letting him win more because They're pretending like oh everything's fine right and that's the case and this is a problem with society nowadays is that I'm trying to get rid of that stigma. They want to filter it. Right. Let's not filter it. Like, why are we hiding what happened to us? Why are we not, like, letting people know that this is this is wrong and this is not okay and this is out there, too, mm-hmm. you know? And happens way more often than we'd like to. Absolutely. Like, all the time. And that's... So, yeah. No, I don't think that me talking about it brought some kind of negative energy for him to think it's okay to come and victimize me again. Come back and... Right. And that's the thing. Another thing that the detective said is you are now the... You've been listed as the victim. You were being re-victimized. First of all, I hate the word victim. Yeah. And I've made this clear before. Hate it. And he may have re-victimized me, quote unquote, but that doesn't mean I'm a victim no. again. I'm not a victim again. I'm going to go to that courtroom when I testify against him as a survivor that I've worked so hard for to put him away. Exactly. And basically look him in the eye and be like, you're not going to do this to me again. No. And not only are you not going to do this to me, but you're not going to do this to anyone else because that's honestly been my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Even more than him bothering me was him hurting anybody else. And so knowing that I have the power to keep him in there so he doesn't do that to anybody else does help and helps helps me feel better about it. So, yeah, I mean, so the quick answer to that question is, no, I was never going to stop my podcast because of him. Was I a little bit nervous to kind of jump back in? Because part of me is like, how can I be out here? telling everybody to have hope and do all this stuff as a, as a survivor. But then here I am in my own life fighting it all over again. That was a little bit hard. And that's, you know, again, kind of crushes my spirit a little bit. But, and it did for a couple days and, you know, about a week. And that's when I messaged you guys. And I was just like, I just don't have, I don't feel, I don't know if I have a purpose anymore. Yeah. And then as I sat in it, I was like, you know what? No, if anything, I have a bigger purpose because yeah. now... Not only along with the other things I want to do with this podcast, but now I'm going to fight for the victims and let the court system know 
that this is not okay. No. They told me that they were going to protect me. I went to the court hearing when he was up for parole, and I told them the impact it's had on me, and I told them that he was obsessed with me. He always said that he would never let me go and that he would always find me and blah, 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 if I ever said anything. And I know a lot of people, again, always tell victims, oh, it's just the victim mentality of they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And yeah, you're right. Most cases, they don't. Most cases, your perpetrator doesn't bother you again, and they do their own thing when they get out and either bother other people or or whatever. But it still happens. It does still happen. And when it does happen, don't make people feel ashamed about it. And I I don't think anybody made me feel ashamed, but I think I felt ashamed. I let myself feel ashamed by it because of the stigma of, did I bring this on to myself? And that was, took me a second to get over, but no, I'm going to continue my podcast. I'm going to continue to reach out and help people like I have been. And I'm not going to let him, you know, take this away from me. So, and so with that, how do you feel like this is going to affect like going forward with this situation happening? Like, what are your plans for the podcast? Do you feel like your plans they already have place, so you're just like, this is happening, and you like are more motivated to like do everything that you've set out to do. Like, how do you feel like it's affected what you want to do moving forward with the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and making the plans that I had, and still keep talking about it and how, talking about not just sexual abuse but all other issues. But definitely, sexual abuse is my number one priority, and it's just because that's that's yeah, I can relate relate to it the most. But not only that, but because it's such a common thing right now that it's happening so much. And so, for me to make sure that my voice is being heard in that area, I'm gonna keep going. So I don't think I'm gonna like stop anything, slow anything down. I'm gonna just keep going, and I'm not gonna let it do anything to hold me back. You know, and it is it does give me more motivation to be honest it does make me be like okay you know what you wanted to sabotage me well now i'm going to try go even harder you, yeah. yeah exactly now i'm going to go even harder and i'm going to make it even more known that this is out there and this isn't okay than i already was you know yeah. and the, another thing is too is like to what's coming i can't say how this is going to affect me in a month i can't say how it's going to affect me as i get closer to the court date yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm honestly, when they set the court date, is, is I'm a little bit nervous because that's when it's going to be real, when I have to actually go into court and face it and they're going to show me things and talk about it and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's where I think it's going to hit me and I'm going to probably have to step back for a minute yeah. again and just kind of be upfront with everybody and be honest and be raw and let people know that it's okay just because I'm an advocate for all of this doesn't mean I kill I still can't be in my You're not space. Right. It still doesn't mean I'm dead inside. Like yeah. I still have my emotions that I'm gonna have to work through, especially because I have my mental health stuff. And I'm gonna have to fight it and it's gonna, you know, be hard and to not let it full on take over me into that dark place. But I have my husband, I have my family, I have you and Beth that keep me keep me and my movement and my my plans going Mm -hmm. and so even if I take a day or two to kind of relax even if I take a week I know that things are going to still be going are still going to be taken care of and okay and yeah and I think you know the reason I want to share I wanted to share this with you know everybody today too is 
it's okay to feel the way you feel. And so, yeah, it was, it sucks that I kind of was in that suicidal mindset for a minute. But it's reality. It's reality. It's my life. It's my real reality of what I'm facing right now. And it's raw and it's emotional and it's hard. But pretending that everything's fine and just, and if I would have just kept going and put it, kept a smile on my face, it was going to hit me 10 times harder. And when it did hit me because I kept it all in, it was going to hit me worse than when it hit me the other night. And I might have crashed my car into the wall you know what I mean yeah eventually because you can only hold on to so much and on and like I said releasing all of that that I did have that night all that tension and anger and anxiety and all that fearful stuff made me feel a lot better I did feel that release off my back so yeah I mean if you're feeling and even if it's not even if it's because you're not being re-victimized but it's something from 10 years ago three years ago whatever the situation is you feel it feel it like you want to cry or you want to scream or you want to do whatever it is that you need to do to deal with what's happened to you, do it. it. Because if you don't, it's going to end up hitting you hard. I feel like that's like the first step of like recovering and moving forward. And healing, yeah. Deciding. And I think that's the great thing about like you sharing this happening to you is that you do have to figure out what works for you to deal with situations that will come up. So you already know when it comes close to this court day, when it's set, right. you know it's coming. I mentally have to prepare myself. You know, okay, I'm going to be feeling this again. Mm-hmm. I know these feelings are most likely going to come back. Right. I know that once I, you know, go into court and I face him and I face everyone and do what I need to do, I'm going to need to, like, take a step back for a little while. And right. the fact that you know that, that is so important. And I yeah. feel like people need to understand, like, Decide how you need to heal. Decide what you need mm-hmm. so that when you do have these unexpected situations come up you that can trigger you, you know, okay, well, like, let me step back. Let me yeah. feel this for a second. Let me cry and scream and yell. And, and you know how to deal with it for that short yeah. term. Because if I don't plan it, then it's going to keep, keep take me down longer. And it's yeah. going to take me a while to heal from it. Where if I prepare myself and mentally prepare myself, uh, this, this is going to be hard. This yeah. is going to be triggering. This is going to be, you know, a lot of different emotions are going to come up. Then I know what to prepare myself exactly. for and how to prepare myself for it. Because who knows? I might even, at the end, like I'm sure I'm going to be super anxious up until then. Uh, you know, until I actually am on that stand and I'm going to be probably super scared up there. But who knows, when I'm done and I tell him those things and tell him that he's not taking this away from me again, and I'm going to watch him go to freaking prison for the rest of his life, then I might feel this empowerment of like, holy shit, I did it. You might I feel like it. an overwhelming, right. just like warrior, like I just Exactly. Did so I might have many different emotions. I might feel lost, confused, broken, re-victimized, all those different emotions all on top of feeling powerful and strong and brave all at the same time. But again, that's something that... Have to think about I have to feel, and I think it's important for family to know. Let your loved ones feel that. Don't make them feel guilty for feeling that. Don't let them feel guilty for laying in bed and crying for a couple days. Like, yeah, yeah it's okay that after a couple days, you'd be like, hey, let's not let this keep you down. Let's yeah. get, let's get up. Let's do or something. Just let them feel. Right. And then a couple days after that happened, my mom came over. Um, oh, it was the day after that whole meltdown. So it was Wednesday night. She came over, and I. I had just gotten my hair done and it kind of got messed up and so we were fixing it and it ended up being fixed and was fine, but I was feeling really sorry for myself at that point. It was kind of like, oh, why is this happening? My hair and then this happened and oh, my life sucks. Like just in that really, like really negative mindset. Right. And 
I laid in bed and I covered myself with a blanket like a two-year-old and I was just like, just leave and go home. I want to be by myself. And my mom uncovered me and she was like, hey, you need to snap out of it. Like, uh-uh, I'm not going to. And I was like, just go away. Go home. Leave me alone. Yeah, like just totally in a teenage, like throwing a fit stage. And again, she just, she said, I know it sucks. And she hugged me and let me cry. And she's like, but you're stronger than this. And then she was like, so let's get up. Let's do something about it. Yeah. So yeah, she let me be in that moment for a minute. And I was, and so you have then days gave and me that like, strength you know to kind of be like, uh-uh, it's we're time. done. Let's time to get up and let's continue. You know, yeah. don't let him pull it, pull you down anymore. So but yeah, I think it was, this whole thing was emotional for not only myself, but for my family. Like yeah. it was, my mom walked in the door. First when I told her on the phone when she eventually called me back cause she was out of her meeting yeah. that day, um, she was pissed. She was like, what? I freaking hate him. Yeah. You know, I was like, she was, she was angry and I haven't seen, or really heard her that angry before. And so she was really upset. And then she came and started crying and she told my, I saw her tell my stepmom, it just breaks my heart. But like, we have to go, go through this again. And so that was really cool to kind of see her like care like that. Even though I know she does, but just oh, to, like, yeah. see it, you know? Right. And then... Because um, moms, we try to be so strong. And, like, right. Exactly. So to see a little bit of vulnerable, like, yeah. real raw feelings. Exactly. Is... And so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's been hard for her in a lot of ways and triggering for her. If, I mean, I can't imagine how she feels of, like, I was married to him. Like, how gross is that yeah, make you feel you know what I mean feel like I brought this man into our home right feeling and and exactly and I know she has guilt about that about that and she talked about it in my last episode and so I know it affects her but you know luckily we were able and we've talked about it and she's okay and but it also affected my brothers you know my my brothers like I said his biological son he's pissed he's angry he's like why is he even alive? Like, why is he even here? Mm-hmm. You know, none of us, none of us get it. No, no, like it's hard for people to be like, why do pe- good people die? And then why do bad people stay and live right. till they're a hundred years old? Like, it doesn't make sense. Just why can't somebody, God, somebody just come and wipe all these negative people off the earth and take when them away? Right. And but unfortunately life's not like that. And so we have to learn how to continue and, be the good in the world mm-hmm. and that's what what we're trying do to do our best to outweigh that negative and yeah so yeah i mean that's the thing of being re-traumatized like this is it doesn't just affect you it affects your entire family because i almost the, like that better that word better re-traumatized as opposed to re-victimized right yeah for sure because it is yeah i wasn't because like i said re, the, the whole victimized thing is just a really rough word anyway because I, again, he's not making me a victim. Yeah, he no, re-triggered had me. No idea. Right, Bigger. and he re-triggered me. He re-trauma. He, this is a whole re-like traumatic experience, and so yeah, I think definitely re-traumatize is an easier better. and way better word. I like that. So, but it does affect your family, it affects your friends because obviously they love you and they care for you. Right, they were there for you the first time, and then to like have to see you be broken down again for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why... Worst. You don't want to exactly. see somebody love go through something that traumatic again. the first time right. and then to go through it again. Right. So, well, and I think the know. first time, too, is everybody's in shock. Everybody's in survival mode. Yeah. So nobody knew knows how to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And nobody knows the right things to say. Where the second time around, you've already been through it, so you can process it more. And so now more people are being affected emotionally because it's like, whoa, like, they can't believe this is happening. You know what I mean? 
but yeah, that's that's the story. That's what happened. And now we just have to. I'm gonna wait until the they let me know when the court is, and I'll go and testify and do all I need to do and put his ass where it deserves to be, and then and continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll I'll keep everyone updated and um when I hear more and as it gets closer because I'm probably gonna need to do it episode on I'm about to freaking freak out and I'm, <laughs> I'm about to shit my pants because it's going to get real scary for a minute but yeah. but I'll be okay so yeah. I've luckily got a good team behind me and just got to keep going yeah. so my, I'm grateful that you told the story thank so you very much because like you said being re-traumatized is not easy and then having to talk about it and just think it took you how long for you to create this podcast and decide to talk about your story the first time. So for you to be able to do this a couple weeks after yeah. that happened, is it, that really just shows like where you're at. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people have said that to me recently is how are you, who was it? My boss actually was like, I can't believe after everything you're going through. And then, you know, my dad's sick too. And so that's another thing on top of it that we have to deal with. And with my dad being sick and this all going on, my work knows. And so my boss was like, I don't know how you're so resilient she's like me and my other her and my other boss were talking she's like we were just talking about how I didn't know how you're here like mm-hmm. do you able to even yeah. do crisis intervention work and do things like that when you're dealing with it yourself mm-hmm. and honestly it's it almost scares me how resilient yeah. I am just because I don't know I have no freaking idea how I'm up and at it and not doing drugs right now and right. doing things like that that would could. help me get through it because I could yeah absolutely and so yeah I don't know how resilient I mean for me I know I've got God on my side and it helps give me that strength that mm-hmm. I don't have on my own and my support system and other than that I don't know I just luckily that's just how I wing it day by day minute by minute because sometimes I'm not as resilient and sometimes I am it just depends but well I just wanted to share this with everybody you know I've had a lot of messages and people asking kind of the whole situation of what's happening so that is what is going on. I will keep you updated. Either me or my team, Tamika and Beth, will let you guys know if you know when I found find out the court date, kind of how my reaction is to that. I'll definitely keep everybody updated, just because I think it's important to let other survivors see that you can continue, even if something like this happens again. But also, everybody, do not forget. My event is next Saturday, August 10th. I know it's so scary. I'm super excited, but a little bit freaked out. Please, people show up because I'm a little bit nervous. Like, it could go either way. Either nobody shows up, but like my friends and family, or which that's fine too. I love my friends and family. Or like tons of people show up and then we're like, oh crap, this is way more people than we expected. And we had all fit. You know what I mean? So it could go either way, but I would much rather more people show up than not. So please share with your friends, bring people. You guys, we're going to have some amazing guests and like prizes. We're going to have a raffle drawing. So yeah, it's going to be so awesome. We've had like really cool gifts donated from people and companies to, to give away for the raffles. So yeah, make sure you go to my event, Bright, and it's Candle in a Dark Room, August 10th. Also go to my social medias candle in a dark room on facebook and at candle in a dark room one word on instagram all right guys well we will talk to you soon and thanks for listening